Support for Che Explained comes from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. If you like spy thrillers or indeed Elizabeth Moss, then you might want to check out FX's The Veil. It's an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. Oh, I'll go. One woman has a secret, same here, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Election night in the United States, November 3rd, didn't deliver results, but it still sucked the air out of the room. The entire world was watching to see if it was going to be Joe Biden or the guy who lost. And with all that focus on just one country, it's a great time to start a war. To Ethiopia, where Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed has announced a, quote, final military operation against the defiant Tigray province in coming days. For two weeks now, Ethiopia has been at war with itself, the federal government versus the northernmost region of the country. The regions ruled by the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF. The TPLF is the party in power up north, but it used to run the entire country. Then the new guy showed up. The TPLF all guards have continuously mounted wars, covert and overt attempts to undermine the people of Ethiopia and our new administration. This conflict isn't just bad news for Ethiopia. Ethiopia is the second largest country in Africa with over 100 million people. And it's also the sitting uh, head of the African Union. It's bad news for the region. Uh, Ethiopia is bordered by Somalia, is bordered by South Sudan and Sudan, countries that are prone to violence. Bad news for the region is bad news for the continent. So if Ethiopia is not a stable country, then there's potential for terrorist uh, splinters to sort of get into the wider region and into the continent uh, from there. And bad news for the continent is bad news for the world. Samuel, Gebre, you've been covering this conflict in Ethiopia for Bloomberg News. How did it begin? So just to take it from the top, uh, there has been a rift between the central government and the Tigray government with several instances that showed Ethiopia was going towards conflict at some point. The key event that happened was... Ethiopia's federal government launched the offensive against forces of the Tigray People's Liberation Front blaming them for an attack on a military base. We've seen uh, air bombardments. Hundreds are reported to have been killed. We've seen rockets being launched into a neighboring country, Eritrea. A close ally of Ethiopia's federal government. The figures of injuries go into the hundreds, uh, if not thousands. 
aid groups say 25,000 people have now fled to Sudan since fighting broke out. They spoke of the heartbreak of leaving their homeland. I left my mother in a church. She's an elderly woman. My brother is blind. We left him there as well. There's no food or water. Everyone ran away, and on the way, we found murdered people with weapons and axes and knives. That's why we ran. What were we to do? We want to save ourselves. And I know there's this communications blackout, and the world doesn't have much access to Tigray right now, but people outside Ethiopia are calling this a civil war. Is that how Ethiopians are talking about it? It depends on who you ask. Uh, The government in Addis Uh, that's the capital of Ethiopia, would say this is just them trying to restore law and order. Uh, And if you ask Tigray, they say this is the central government trying to eliminate them. Cowing the people of Tigray into submission by force. Hmm. So depending on who you ask, the definition uh, has actually been argued over. But if you have rockets being launched into a neighboring region. I don't know how else you'd describe a a war. How are the people in the country reacting? Well, most of the population is opposed to war, as expected, right? But the TPLF having more or less led the country since 1991, you can say they have created enough enemies in the country, they have created enough uh, hatred in people for the heinous acts that they committed over those 27 years, which have been documented by the likes of the Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International. Many Ethiopians live in fear. The current government, the only one since 1991, runs a country with an almost complete grip on power, controlling almost all aspects of political, public, and often private life. So majority of the people had been victims of this uh, rulership. So. The Tigray region doesn't really have empathy from the rest of the population. So no one wants war, but the Ethiopian people are not exactly protesting the government for attacking the TPLF? More or less, yes. The majority of the population in Ethiopia has gotten to a point where they would be okay to see TPLF gone. It is sort of going to war for the sake of peace. The population wants to get rid of TPLF because the TPLF has created havoc across the country and the citizenry would be happy to uh, let that go. But that potentially means thousands more dead and a refugee crisis that will upset the region. Is anyone going to intervene? One of the easiest solutions or the realistic solution is for the central government to win the war and have the TPLF leaders under and bring them to court because attempts by regional leaders and uh, international bodies for mediation have failed. Uh, The prime minister has said that he is not interested in mediation because this is uh, an internal conflict that he would like to not involve other countries. Over the past two days, the federal forces seem to be getting closer to the capital of Tigray And if they manage to, then it means the the objective will be met and the war will be over. But it could mean some brutal circumstances for Tigray. Two things, yes. It could mean there will be 
loss of life uh, in hundreds, maybe in the thousands of them. We've already seen nearly 30,000 people fleeing to Sudan, so it's already creating a humanitarian crisis. But even in the long run, if the Tigray leadership technically loses the war, they will keep fighting. They will try and create insurgencies for God knows how long in Ethiopia. Uh, and, the, and they have said that publicly, unless the federal government stops, uh, then the country will disintegrate in their own words. So there's really no winner uh, in this situation. After the break, the guy in charge of this war, he's the winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. Support for Che Explained comes from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. If you like spy thrillers or indeed Elizabeth Moss, then you might want to check out FX's The Veil. It's an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. Oh, I'll go. One woman has a secret, same here, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Samuel, help me understand how this conflict really gets started between the Ethiopian government and this northern region, Tigray. How long ago do tensions begin? So to understand what happened in the past two weeks, we need to go back to at least to the coalition. Uh, it's called the EPRDF. And in the EPRDF, there was a preeminent party, the TPLF, the Tigray People's Liberation Front, with three other ethnic political parties. And the reason they're in power is because they were the main rebels who hosted the then communist uh, government in 1991. So in 1991, TPLF comes into power. So for those 27 years, the economic growth of the country was amazing. Ethiopia's economy has grown at a faster rate than any other African country in the past 10 years. But locally, 
the political space and the economic space was dominated by TPLF members. So the Ethiopian population was not really happy with the TPLF leadership. As one farmer in the Amhara region told me in July of 2014, we do not like the government, but we always vote for them. We have to because we get our seeds and fertilizer from them. During times of drought, we get food aid from them. If we don't vote for them, we can't eat. They rigged elections, won 99% of seats, and you know, five years later improved on that and won 100% of seats, which led to protests that began in 2015 and did not stop until the TPLF had to try and sort of reform itself to stay in power. But it doesn't really work, right? Because a few years later, the TPLF is replaced by the current prime minister, Abiy Ahmed. Exactly. Many people expected him to be another puppet prime minister with the TPLF still holding control, but then he surprised everyone. He came in on a wave of reforms. Since taking office in April 2018, Mr. Abiy has ended a state of emergency, freed political prisoners, and got parliament to lift a so-called terrorist ban on opposition groups. Recently, he shifted his focus to Ethiopia's economy, pledging to open up the country to foreign investment. But at the same time, he was slowly alienating the TPLF from uh, the leadership, from businesses, uh, from political positions. And they were getting a bit agitated and, and, and it was getting a bit clear. Hmm. And all this climaxed when in December 2019, he more or less uh, merged this EPRDF, the ruling coalition party, into a singular national party, which he called the Prosperity Party, and invited other parties to join as well, except the TPLF did not join this party. So they more or less became from the ruling party to the opposition uh, within a span of uh, less than two years. How has he been received internationally? Since Prime Minister Abiy came to power, one of the first things he did was to make a peace deal with uh, Ethiopia's arch enemy, Eritrea. Ethiopia and Eritrea fought a border war from 1998 to 2000 that left around 80,000 people dead. And since then, the two Horn of Africa countries have been locked in hostilities for two decades. And he making this peace deal gave him this international image as the peacemaker. The 43-year-old premier had only been sworn in for six months when he brokered the peace accord with Eritrea. And he went on ahead to try and mediate in South Sudan. He is helping with conflict in Somalia. He mediated between Eritrea and Djibouti. So he's internationally known as this man of love, man of peace, man of uh, mediation. So all this culminated with him finally getting... The Norwegian Nobel Committee has decided to award the Nobel Peace Prize for 2019 to Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed Ali. Peace is a labor of love. Sustaining peace is hard work, yet we must cherish and nurture it. So what does it mean? What, what, how is it being received that this guy who's been preaching love and unity at home and abroad, who received the Nobel Peace Prize, is now at the center of this civil war who's, you know, brutally suppressing people in the north of Ethiopia? 
It sounds confusing, right? Yeah. But if you ask the Ethiopian government, they will tell you this is not a war. This is, in quotes, restoring the rule of law uh, in, in Ethiopia. And the reason is Ethiopia is ravaged with conflict from the north, the east, the south, uh, and the west. And the finger always points at TPLF from the government. Since Abiy came into power, he's accused the TPLF of uh, trying to commit regional coup in Amara region, throwing a grenade at him, massacring people in, in several regions. So this was building up in the country for the past two and a half years. And the central government would say, in actual sense, we have been very patient with the TPLF. We've given them enough time to reform and to change, but they have not. The key incident followed the postponement of elections in Ethiopia in uh, March 2020. Tigray went ahead with regional elections despite a ban from the federal government. And won 99% of the seats. Abiy postponed the polls citing the coronavirus pandemic, but the TPLF says he delayed them to stay in power. How does that work? How does, how does one region hold an election when the rest of the country isn't. Exactly. It is a very confusing situation to be in. And the central government said any attempts to hold elections in Tigray would be unconstitutional. The central government responded by cutting budgetary subsidies to the Tigray region. And that was the point where the, the Tigray government said that uh, amounts to a declaration of war. And from then on, it had been a very tense situation between the Tigray government and, and the central government, with both saying they do not recognize each other. We got a lot of people alleging illegitimate election hijinks in the United <laughs> States right now. I imagine this one region having its own election didn't go over well in the country? Definitely not. The rest of the country had accepted, to some extent, to postpone the elections. COVID-19 seemed to be a legitimate reason. And it was clear that Tigray region going ahead with the election was more of defiance to the central government's rule. Hmm. Samuel, I mentioned at the top of the show that this all began the night of the U.S. election when perhaps there was, you know, a sense that the world's attention was elsewhere. Is the world now paying attention to what's going on in Ethiopia, this conflict that could upset the stability of the entire Horn of Africa? Yes, the world is definitely paying attention now. If this goes wrong, it could be one of the worst wars. As of now, we've seen the UN, the AU, nations like China, Russia, are all paying attention. Because given the geographic location of Ethiopia, its proximity to Somalia and Djibouti, Djibouti which has a lot of military bases, including the US and China, Stability in Ethiopia is important, not just for East Africa, but for global superpowers, the likes of the US uh, and China. Uh, so far, we've seen uh, several statements coming out of the United Nations. The issue was also pushed to the Security Council. African leaders have tried to send mediators uh, into the country and the prospect of having hundreds of thousands of refugees going from northern Ethiopia through Sudan to Europe has definitely got the attention of 
the EU, I, I imagine. But even if the world's paying attention, you said the government, Prime Minister Ahmed, doesn't want the world's help with this. From where we stand now, the best case scenario is for this war to end soon, meaning either the government wins. That's the best case scenario, and that seems to be what uh, international bodies and, and world powers, including the U.S., seem to be watching and waiting for. Samuel Gebre is a Bloomberg reporter covering Ethiopia and the Horn of Africa. I'm Sean Ramos for him. It's Today Explained. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 